On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we're going to talk season five, episode one. And the big question, did Lucifer come? And we're putting out a call. Where are St. Elizabeth's nipples? Let's do this. episode of Devil's Crap Podcast. I'm Diana. And I'm Liz. And, and we're live. We're, no, we're not live. We are not live. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. But we're kicking off with season five. Season five is here. And for the first time, we're in video. And it could be fucking up. I don't know. I don't care. But you also get the audio because, you know, why not have both, right? Why can't we have both? What have you been up to, Diana? Uh, what have I been up to? Um, not, not a ton. We've been just kind of relaxing and hanging out and at the end of summer, cause we did a lot of things for a couple of months. And now that we're getting towards the end of quote unquote summer, I guess, for, if you use like the school calendar in your head, not that we have school children around, but yeah, no, just, just kind of hanging. And, uh, yeah. How about you? Uh, you know, going through some huge life changes, and that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, being an adult is great. I had a birthday. I turned an age. Mm-hmm. It was a thing. <laughs> um, and getting ready to leave America. And um, I would say con- to contemplate not coming back, but I'm going to the UK, and that's not in a much better situation. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll just be closer to other places, which are kind of a little better, but not are they? I don't know, everything sucks. Anyway, so, um, no, I've been just really, really busy with work, and I've watched some TV, I think. I'm, I feel like I'm behind in a lot of things, but, uh, so, uh, What We Do in the Shadows came out, so yes. that was very exciting, so we're, mm-hmm. we're three episodes into that, so that's really great. Um, of course, The Boys finished, and seriously, Jensen, like, I was attracted to Jensen Ackles before, but whatever he did to get ready for that, your trainer does you you deserve a lot of money, and so does your trainer because it was <laughs> spectacular. <sighs> but it was it was amazing, and really, it, some of this will come back to in the part of this episode. But just seeing like, hey. Give Eric Kripke the reins and let him be as disgusting and gross as he wants to be. And you get some really amazing, amazing television. Like, there is no limits to what he... It was gross. It was fucking gross. I started watching it on an airplane and I had to turn it off because I was like, they're going to kick me off a plane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, this day, like, I'm sure they were like, this is fine. You're not, we don't need to duct tape for you for this. Whatever, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of these days, I'll get back into it. I'm I'm sadly behind on that one. I kind of, like, I won't go on a tangent about it, but I kind of got in a weird spot. Like, the last couple of years were real fucked up, as everybody knows. I think no one's, like, that's not a what? secret. And what happened I, the last few years? I kind of got in a weird place where I, like, 
don't watch a lot of serious shit lately. Like, I mean, obviously, Supernatural has its serious parts, but there's a lot of fun elements to it. And so I've got, to, I think I've like just like shot myself like, nope, too serious. Nope, no fucking dramas. It has to have like some super brain fluff to it or be super fucking silly. Like, I, I got really weird about it. I, I, I'm sure I will recover. It's just kind of funny that I was like, no, no. Yeah, but to me, dark. that is my that is my brain fluff. That is that is not dark. That's not watching a dark thing. There's like the boys is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, their penises that explode. Well, I um, mean, let's how can just, you? I, that's I not dark. People, it's. I mean, I think most people would argue that's dark. Just saying, number one. But penises blowing up story, is not dark. It's that it's comedy. But that part doesn't bother me. It was just like the storyline was like kind of like Bummersville at first. Like even though it was happening and how they portraying it was funny. It was just like, oh, so that's where I was. Anyways, so that, that's my take. Okay, you want that. fluff? Watch Ms. Marvel on Disney Plus. It's adorable. Okay. It's fucking. Adorable. I have not watched that. It's so cute. I thought yes, you were yeah, saying Mrs. I, Maisel, I really... which I adore. So I mean, that's totally different. <laughs> I so see, but also I kind of got over Mrs. Maisel, and I haven't watched the new season unless like Lenny Bruce is in it. Because man, I want to fuck that Lenny Bruce like real bad. Yeah, yeah. He's so like, oh, fuck authority, but I wear a suit. Ooh, Mm -hmm. yeah, that really works for me. Yeah, take down the system, but look stylish. Mm Hmm. With with flair. Um. But yeah, so uh, no, that's, you know, just uh, counting out. I will say the one thing that I am excited looking forward to right now is we are about to hit a fucking run of concerts like crazy. Like they, for me, they start in August. I've got shows, 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 shows to go to. And I am happy. I'm going to go see fucking Amigo the Devil. going to go fucking see the Vandaliers. Like it is going to be popping. There's my take. I I'm mean, I have a lot of bands to see. I don't know if popping is the word that I would I mean. Well, I, mean, I don't see I'm going to use that terminology, just to be clear. Yeah. You know, it's like I am going to the UK for a four day festival of like mm-hmm. some of my favorite punk rock bands of all times. And it, that's going to be fantastic. And then coming back, then I'm going to uh, go to Seattle to go see the Interrupters and the Skins and Tiger Army and Floggy Molly. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be good. And then we've got Wu-Tang. Like, fuck, yep. we got Wu-Tang. Like, that, Wu-Tang. that just ends it there. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Uh, what you drinking? Uh, red wine. D- Dave poured it. I forgot. I said, open a good one. So it's a good one? I- Forgot which one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I also love that, like you know, like Babe could have opened up like the shittiest bottle of red. No, and I would know. Like it was, this is it, great. It was not my Costco Malbec. I know that one, which I don't hate, but it's not that. I believe, I believe it's Coleman, but don't hold me to it. How about you? Uh, I was running out of time, so I kind of like stressed on decisions i was like you should make a cocktail then i'm like what cocktail i don't know and then like wine but what wine and then i just opened a beer so i am drinking a thirsty goat uh because thirsty goat is the best beer in texas fight me noted all right oh no god look at me do i look like i drink a fucking ipa pretty sure no no oh yeah my friends at like this uh, it was like she's in Grand Rapids, so obviously she's at a craft brewery place because that's all there is in fucking Michigan. Yeah. Um, and like just looking at it, I was like, man, look, I like a craft beer, but this is too crafty. These beers are too way too crafty. Like these are cocktails, and that's fine as a cocktail. I appreciate a complicated cocktail, but 
So I was like, that's not a beer anymore. Like, I don't even know what that is. I don't need my beer to be that complex. Like, give me a Lone Star Light. I'm a happy fucking camper. I don't know. Well, you know, I like a, a nice, darker, darker beer. It's delicious. Yeah. And yeah, and also Lone Star, fine. But like, there was one that she drank. And it, I, don't, I don't know. There was like cinnamon. Like, why is there fucking cinnamon in your beer? It's anyway. a lot. It's Anyhow. A lot. All right. I'm all right. probably going to get hate mail for that one. And so <laughs> let's talk. We are here in season five. Yes. Um, this is episode one. It was first aired September 10th, 2009, directed by Robert Singer and written by the one that we were just talking about, Eric Kripke. Um, he put shout outs to himself in this and yeah, that's fun. Uh, so one of the things though, I think was super hilarious about this episode and this is from the Supernatural Wiki. This was the Today I Learned. I was just kind of scrolling through things. And so... In the startup to this, fans started tweeting, hashtag Lucifer is coming. Well, it started off with at SuperWookie, and then um, they were like, yeah, other fans do this. So everybody started tweeting, hashtag Lucifer is coming, oh. and hashtag Supernatural. And they got it to be on the first and the second position oh. on the trending topics list. But then people who were like watching it didn't know that it was about a TV show. So then they all started like quoting, like sending shit about like Jesus and God. And then fucking P. Diddy, uh, unaware of anything, just oblivious, shocking. Uh, he like made a hashtag God is here. And so then, like, that took off, and then Twitter just stopped posts with tags that had Lucifer is coming and God is here from appearing in trending topics. And then, like, they just could, you know, fans obviously, you know, considered using, kept using Supernatural and Encrypt We Trust just before they aired. And then Misha just trolled the fuck out of P. Diddy and, like, made this, and they called it a manip, and I don't know what that means. I'm sure it's something an internet person is, like, probably get slapped for not, me not knowing what that is. Um, but it's a picture of Puff Daddy and a man on him. I don't know. It's a Photoshop thing. I'll send you a picture. You can explain it. Um, but it's very trolly. And he put the hashtag, uh, P Diddy is scared of his TV. Uh, okay then. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Hashtag war. Just a little Twitter hashtag war. That's what happened at the beginning of this season. I think this is probably where people started really realizing supernatural fans are fucking crazy. Probably. Awesome, but crazy. Yeah. Well, this episode kicks off with uh, Sympathy for the Devil is the name of the episode. It kicks off with our, our Winchester brothers are in the convent, at St. Mary's convent, um, watching um, the swirl of blood turn into glowing light coming out of the floor, which should be Lucifer coming out of his cage. Yeah. So Lucifer gives you a migraine. Anyways, yeah. Um, yep. So uh, the doors slam. There's a really, really, really bright light, and they're trapped in there. And there's a growling noise, and then it gets really high pitched, and everything goes silent, and everything goes bright white, and done. And suddenly, uh, Sam and Dean are still covering their faces in fear, but now they're on an airplane. <laughs> they don't know and how they got there. <clears throat> and they're watching uh, Yo- Looney Tunes with Yosemite Sam. And probably one of my favorite cartoon Satans, like, every time I see this episode, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that Satan. Like, I really liked that one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. one of the non-bad things Looney Tunes did. So, 
So, but anyway, so yeah, they're on a plane. Yeah, they're on a plane. Don't know how they got there. Very confused, looking around. The captain says that they're flying over Ilchester, which is where the convent was. And they look out the window, and there's a massive, a massive explosion of some kind with a bright light shooting up into the air. And then the plane banks and shakes and is having some extreme turbulence, and the oxygen masks fall. Honestly, it just looks like if anybody has ever... I mean, I'm sure other places than New York do this, but, like, when they would beam, like, the Twin Tower light, or yeah. just, like, there was also just, like, random lights that people would have, like, for like a party, the, like and the all club. of a sudden... Like the yeah, I mean, just be like, why is this? Yeah, why is there this giant light shining in the city? That's what that like. There was obviously something happening. There's a party there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we cut immediately from that from the airplane just to the brothers driving at night, and um, they're listening to the radio and they keep news on, which is odd. But it keeps talking about like how like oh that convent was an unlikely target for terrorists, and they're trying to change the station and <clears> all <throat> just all bad news all around. Talk about you know stuff in Galveston, North Korea, and uh, yeah, just like nope, turn the radio no off. idea what that feels like. No, no idea what it feels like to just flip a news <sighs> channel, and every news channel you talk about is just something fucking terrible. Nope. Times. Nope, no so idea. Sam decides, though, that it's time to talk. And Dean stops him and just said, nope, we're going to keep our heads down and hash it out. See, they just, they really want to figure out how they end up on that plane, though. So they decide they need to find Castiel because they assume that he was involved. Which is probably a fair assumption at this point in time. Well, probably. And also, I mean, as we see through this episode, Dean's love for Cass is just deepening. It is deepening hard. And so we're going to go to Chuck's house, and it's just yikes. It's supernatural books and blood everywhere. So pretty much looks word. like my house. Hold on. So that's not the word I would use as a viewer of this show. I would say that Dean's trust and maybe partial reliance on Castiel is growing. I don't think, I think he's still unsure in some ways about him. Stop. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, so far I do not subscribe to it at all. It's like not remotely. Not at all. Anyway, Anyway, so, so, all right. So So Chuck's place is destroyed. Um, Blood, crap, like stoop up everywhere. And as they're walking around, uh, Chuck pops around the corner and hits Dean upside the head real fucking hard, which is funny. Well, we hit Sam. and oh, sorry, Sam. Uh, yeah. He hit Sam, which is pretty funny because uh, this was a fake soft plunger, but apparently Rob Benedict accidentally like hit Jared a few times with it, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, also, at this point, as the credits are rolling through, Misha is now in the top three, so we know like mm-hmm. he's here all season. He is one of the one the full cast, and yeah, and Bobby is still as a guest, but anyway, so he's on there, so we know. So we're going to go into Chuck and his visions well, that he apparently t- he has. Act- <laughs> go ahead. He tells Sam that he went Sam went full Vader. Full Vader. Yeah, I was like, does he have access to like his Fitbit in the string? Because he was like, man, your body temp was one fifty, heart rate was two hundred, and I'm just like, how how did you know? What are you getting in your visions? Yeah, it's very 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 precise information. I mean, like, very, very I, my precise. Apple Watch isn't that fucking accurate. I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, my Apple Watch can tell me if my body, yeah. And then yeah, the heart rate, too. I'd be close, but mm. I mean, my my Apple Watch also thinks I'm doing good at doing activities when I pet my dog sitting on the sofa eating ice cream. 
because it sees my hand moving. So I'm just saying. Oh, you're, you're working out now. Way to go. You <laughs> don't need saying. to stand up. <laughs> I've been like, ooh, I'm getting activity points while I pet the dog. Like, mm, I don't always trust it's, it's, it's algorithms. Anyways. Uh, but Stan, this is where we learned that we all saw this as viewers. And of course, obviously Ruby and Lilith saw it. Um, but Sam didn't know that his eyes turned black, he says. Well, and how would he? Well, I don't know. Do you feel it? I don't fucking know. Like, I, I think it's like they just turn black. I mean, like, unless they're giving yes, you they like a blinding new black. vision, like, um, unless you have a mirror, you're not going to know. You never know. So. Anyways, um, but Dean's pretty fucking, like, Sam seems a little conf- confusing in there, but Dean looks very concerned about this information, because he didn't see it either. So, Chuck tells them, now the Archangel totally smoke cast, and it was like a water balloon of chunky soup. And again, this is, this, this is a cryptic yeah. line of things that he wanted to happen, and then he made it happen, so good on Gross. you. Gross. So, uh, then, uh, then our good old friend Zachariah shows up. Oh, yeah, before uh, Chuck also has some casts in his hair. Yeah, and it was a molar, which is pretty gross. Yeah, so Zach and his angel bitches show up. <sighs> Zach and his angel bitches. And basically, uh, he's like, yeah, okay, Dean, let's go. Time to come with us. And Dean's like, mm, nope, not doing it. And Zachary seems pretty shocked by this, which I think is very telling about the disconnect that these celestials have with humans. Does that make sense to you? A bit, yeah. So, but he's like, I, you know, Zachary's like, I don't get why you're fucking mad. You know, really, at the end of the day, y'all started all this shit and allowed this all to happen. I just want you to come share the blame with us for where we're at now. And we're all on the same team and you're going to help us fucking kill the devil. Yeah, Zachary doesn't give two shits about Dean or humanity. He just no. cares about his Michael sword. Yeah. And so, and he's just like, man, you know, like we need to do this before Lucifer finds his meat suit. And they're like, what? Lucifer yeah. needs a meat suit? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I'm like, and, yeah. Uh, Dean, Dean calls him a two-faced douche, which was pretty funny. Um, but yeah. So then Zachary notices that Dean's hand is bleeding and uh, he's like, yeah, it's an insurance policy. And he closes a very uh, convenient pocket door where he had drawn the angel portal go away thingy. <laughs> Is that what you're called? So it's an Ino- um, supernatural Hermione. That is an Enochian sigil. Um, someday we'll do a full deep dive on what Enochian language is. And completely, that goes into a story of... Uh, <clears throat> pretty much the biggest like cucking situation that ever happened in history and that all has to do with the Enochian language someday maybe season closer we'll, we'll talk about that but anyways that's what that is and he slaps it on and he's like ha, burn motherfucker yeah. boom and, and he's just him. like chip, chip, and then like zoom out and he's like zoom out no all gone we got Zachary and his two angel bitches are gone uh, and so Dean says that he learned it from Castiel yeah, no, he said, and with tears in his eyes, I learned that from my friend Cass, you son of a bitch. And then Chuck replies, this sucks ass. But uh, clearly, mm. all right, so we're going to cut yeah. to a motel room. Hmm. And that play, that motel should not have carpet. Mm-mm. <laughs> Take that carpet out right oh. now. Yeah. Um, so Sam has hex bags to try. He learned how to make them from Ruby to keep both they angels and together. demons from finding them. So they did arts and crafts. 
I yeah, can you imagine that? Just like late night, and they're just like, we're going to make hex bags together. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to get some mouse skulls and some little rabbit tooth and like all sorts of things. They just sat together making little hex bags. Maybe drinking some wine. Like they had some <sighs> Pinot Grigio while they were doing it. Yeah. Uh, no. And Dean asks <laughs> asks about Ruby at this point. Ask if Sean, or Sean, talk. Ask, Dean asks if Sam is craving bitch blood. And, uh, Sam's like, no, nah, I'm totally fine. Totally good. Clean. Whatever put me on that plane, just clean me right up. It's fucking magic. And Dean calls so it nice. supernatural methadone. It is. Yep. And then, like, Sam starts to try and apologize. Okay. And Dean just bites his head off. And he's like, why do you have to keep bringing it up? And I'm like, you brought it up, Dean. Kind of, yeah. That was what was weird. You started this situation. Yeah. Um, and Dean's like, nope, I don't, I, we just need to clean up our mess like any other hunt. So we need to find the devil. That's it. That's his stance. So, uh, there, we cut to, as viewers, a dark neighborhood in Pike Creek, Delaware, where a man is walking up to his front, uh, walking up his front sidewalk. And as he gets past it, the front gate, like at the front of the sidewalk, kind of like starts swinging really weirdly and aggressively. It's really odd. It just really looks like he's confused by wind. He's just like, I was like, I don't know. What is weather? What is Why? Why are the leaves blowing? Why is this gate swinging forward? I do not understand how this wind works. Uh, We can't see it and we'll dive later, but this is the Mark Pellegrino. So if you're not, if you don't live in a closet, like you clearly know, like something is happening. Uh, And then we cut to him later at night in bed asleep and he wakes up. (laughs) But his hands are really bloody. And then he pulls his sheets down. And his sheets are covered in blood. So he jumps up, kind of freaking out. And the blood's all gone. I was like, first I was like, oh, he's covered in blood. I've seen this date light. And then I'm like, oh, wait, he's not covered in blood. I've seen this ghost adventures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about right. Um, so, and then all of a sudden there's a woman in bed with him. And she's got blood on her face. Because that's. Not terrifying. To well, it's like weird, like cuts. Actually, they're really cool. I like the makeup of it. But yeah, yeah, yeah it was just like some little bit of bloody cuts on her face. Not like drenched in blood. Yeah, not it's not Carrie. Um, and she tells tells him who's we find this man's name is Nick. Uh, she tells him that he's special, chosen. Yeah. Pro tip: If anybody or anything ever tells you that you're special. Or you're chosen, you yeet the fuck out of there. Like, unless it's Ed McMahon with the big check saying you were chosen to win the publisher clearinghouse. Like, nothing good comes out of anybody thinking that they are special and chosen. Maybe Buffy? Maybe Buffy. Okay, Buffy, the Slayer. Slayer. You could be a Slayer. That's it. That's the only time this is okay. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's still distressing to have someone with blood on their face in any amount and up here in your bed tell you that you're special and chosen. And then when you cover your face and open your eyes again, then they're gone. Yeah. It was also, yeah. Uh, and clearly he knows this woman. And he, too, yeah. So he knows like, who she is. So it's, we don't, we don't know yet, but. Yeah. We can assume. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to another scene and we get another new character we have not seen before. And it is a blonde woman sitting at a computer typing and speaking in a room in a room covered with supernatural posters don't know what that looks what what what, what? i mean i don't i and don't i don't know what she's talking about like a room covered with supernatural shit what yeah, she's uh she's speaking out loud what she is typing and, and what's she typing diana 
I think Liz knows that my reaction at this moment was probably not a positive one. It's because she's writing fucking Wincest. I mean, like, I just got, I'm going to pop, pop the brakes here for a minute. Cause this is like, this is making light of fucking incest and that's fucking disgusting. I'm just, no, I, I'm, no it's gross. They, it's gross. They are it's making gross. light of the people who write fanfic about the Wincest. No, no, not, the show, not on the show. Hilarious. Not on the show, not the TV show. I'm saying the fact that Wincest is real and people are writing these actual, this is actually being written by people. That's get off your, get off, no, there's no moral high horse here. Yeah. No, 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 whatever. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's not making light of, no, no, they, they, these, they feel it for each other. It's love. It's love. Anyways. Uh, so when zest is, is happening and her camera pops up and oh my God, it's Chuck. <laughs> yeah. She's very surprised, excited that she's just got a video call from Chuck. Uh, but she knows him obviously as Carver Edland, the, his pen name for the, supernatural books that he wrote and she's just totally fucking fangirling and she's like i've sent you letters and marzipan uh but anyways she's the biggest fan is like the grossest shit that they've made (laughs) she's the biggest fan and she's the web mistress at more than brothers.net okay yeah so becky rosen is named after a uh Winchester Brothers admin Becky Gilreese. I get this supernatural wiki. Uh, the domain name morethanbrothers.net is owned by Warner Brothers. And there is actually an account, a uh, Twitter account at Super Becky Rosen, which did tweet the tweets that she had during seen during the show. Uh, that happens later. Okay, sorry. But there is, like, that becomes to be a thing. Sorry, spoiler. Uh, but... On September 11th, 2009, the live journal account Sam Licker 81 was created. And on September 12th, 2009, Becky posted her first Burning Desires fiction, which was a complete fanfic from this episode. And the identity of this Becky so far is still unknown. We don't know who Becky Rosen is. Um, But... They made a few a, a few things, and um, it's a really great site. Um, there's some uh, uh, some nice pictures of a kitty, and um, some wonderful language. Um, deep love between Dean and and Sam, and I was going to read some of them. I just can't. I really cannot read them out loud. I cannot. However, I also went through digging like through uh, different fanfic sites, trying to find Becky Rosen fanfic that was about Becky Rosen getting smashed, and I couldn't find any. Like every time there's Becky Rosen, it's about Dean fucking Castiel or Sam fucking Dean or Sam fucking Castiel or like Becky gets some too, y'all. Like if you wrote a fanfic about Becky Rosen getting some, send it to me. Like I want to know. We'll read that one out loud. I just, she needs to get some. I don't care from who, but you know, get Becky Rose and some love. Anyways, um, I'm sure Diana really wants to get off the subject of Wincest. And so let's get back to Becky and Chuck. Weirds me out, man. All right. So Chuck says that he contacted her on purpose because this is number one fan. And um, because he's being watched and he needs her help. And she's, he's like, look, I need you to get a message to Sam and Dean. She's like, bullshit. You're just fucking with me. They're not real. He's like, nope, they're totally fucking real. She's like, I knew it. So she's all excited. And so, she should be. Yeah. 
So we cut to uh, Dean in a motel watching the news, and, and they're saying, how do you explain an earthquake, a hurricane, and multiple tornadoes at the same time all around the globe? And 2021. <laughs> they were ahead of their time. Um, yeah. Yeah, Chuck it, was a fucking prophet. We didn't know it was going to be this way. Thanks. So Thanks. Sam is sitting at the table, and there's a knock at the door, and who is it but fangirl Becky? So... She, uh, she's real into Sam. Yeah, she's very excited to see him and to touch his firm chest. Yeah. He's so firm. And, and he does says, look really worm, for worm. Worm. He looks very worm. firm. Yeah. I, I, I can see it, yep. And she tells Dean that he's not what she expected. <laughs> uh, but she knows all about them, and she's even written about them, but that Mr. Edlund told her where they were because they, she's got a message because he's being watched. And, that and she ha- also told told them about her fanfic. Yeah. That was not a good move, Becky, but whatever. Uh, so she has, she delivers Chuck's vision. Yeah. That Michael's sword is on earth in a castle on a hill made of 42 dogs. And she's cool. real, being real creepy touching Sam. And he's like, can you quit touching me? And she's just like, no. You need consent, Becky, but also yeah. we get it. All right. And so uh, then Bobby comes and he's riding nothing, baby. Yes. Yes. So he's all happy, gives the uh, gives hugs. And they are researching the sword of Michael. Uh, yeah. So they're like, look, you know, he's like, Michael doesn't look that tough. And they're like, well, he sent Lucifer to hell with that sword. So we need to figure out what Chuck's clue means so we can find the fucking sword so we can get rid of the devil yeah and he does say that michael looks like kate blanchett and i think we all know that she looks like tilda swenson um as all angels mm-hmm. of all time are just tilda swenson pretty much even if it's not her like, like there's the swenson. yeah did you see uh who's playing the new lucifer in uh the sandman oh, um God. shit oh, i forgot his name but yeah but still looks like tilda Kinda, like yeah. not tilda but looks like tilda <laughs> just in that might character as well might, might as well, well be. be but yeah um Although the best you ever did was the one on what we do in the shadows, but anyhow, uh, Glenn, so we're going to go into Christie, I believe, is who's playing Lucifer in yeah. the Sandman. There you go. Ah, uh, so uh, basically, they're like, we're going to go into research mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, but as they're going into research mode, Sam decides to uh, have his emotional confession brain dump onto Bobby, and it's kind of interesting. I think. Dean almost seemed like he was kind of trying to stop Sam from telling him, I thought. But that's kind of reading into it. So um, he's Sam tells Bobby, look, it's all my fault. Uh, Lilith didn't break the seal. She was the seal. It's my fault. I killed her. I set, I set Lucifer free. Uh, y'all warned me, but I didn't fucking listen. Bobby looks incredulous is the word that I actually wrote down in my notes. I wrote a big <laughs> word in my notes while I'm frantically taking notes when he hears this and starts fucking going off on Sam. Calls him reckless, selfish, arrogant. And, uh, you sorry that you started Armageddon? He's just fucking pissed. Uh, and that if they pull this off, if they pull off, you know, getting rid of the devil, then he wants Sam to lose his number. Ouch, man. Yeah. That's yeah, that's pretty it's pretty harsh, man. Very harsh. Um, and like you're thinking also, back to the like, last the last time they interacted together was when 
Sam left him unconscious in his in his front yard, right? I mean, that's yeah, when he hit him with a shotgun and left. So yeah. fuck off, Sam. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I forgive and forget, and we'll get into that later. But at the same time, that's a lot. you left the man, you hit the man who's like your father with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. You you should expect some some shit for that. But anyways, yeah. this seems a, like man, maybe that was a little harsh. Well, but also, what's harsher is Dean. So, like, Bobby's saying the shit, but Dean's just watching, and he's kind of like, mm, he's not wrong. Like, he's a little teary-eyed. He's like, Bobby's saying what I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dean is not defending his brother in any way, shape, or form. Um, so Sam's like, maybe I'll just go read by myself at the library, uh, at the church nearby. Yeah, I wouldn't want to stay there either. I'd be like, and this room is now very uncomfortable. I'm going to leave. Because what are you going to do? Sit there and like look at books of the person who just like told you like to lose your, to lose his number. Uh, yeah. But. So, uh, it's just Dean and Bobby now in the hotel room and Bobby's like, you know, I would never would have guessed that John was right. That you were going to have to save or kill Sam. Because now he's yep. implying that they should have killed Sam because they're implying they were <laughs> unable to save him. Bobby just basically told Dean that they should have killed Sam. Well, and then he's also hitting on some trigger things, right? But also things that sound weird because they're kind of opposite of what Bobby told Dean in the last Before, episode. Right, because yeah, Bobby I mean, was the one that like... didn't want to keep forcing him into it. Said, no, it's not worth losing him for. He's family, all this. So, um, yep. And he's also just being like, John was right. John, 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 pro John, pro John, pro John. But the pro John weird shit does make a light bulb go off in Dean's head. He remembers something from his dad. There's a card, uh, from a lockup, which is what they call a storage unit, which takes me a minute to process in upstate New York. It's not a prison. He's not in prison. Like, do people call it that? Sure. Anyways. So, but is a card for castle storage on 42 Rover. <laughs> oh, oh, a castle on a hill of 42 dogs. I get it. Okay. Um, so and they're like, wait a minute. Like, wait, John had the sword this whole time. And then you're like, wait a minute. Bobby is a demon. <laughs> yeah. Cause now all of a sudden Bobby's a fucking demon and knocks the shit out of Dean. And picks him up and starts kicking him. So he's he's real possessed. And then two more demons come in, and they're they've got a knife. And there's the chick demon, and they're fighting. And fuck is that Why bitch Meg? Yeah, yeah, it is that bitch Meg. But it's you'll get in a second. But also, why doesn't Bobby have an anti possession tattoo? That's a good question. Or something Maybe like it's really how the tattoos. fuck do you possess Bobby Singer? I know that was paranoid son of a bitch. Like. I don't understand how, like, they really something had to have, like, I don't know. I feel like that, maybe they were just like, we can't explain this. We're just not going to talk about it. Yeah. But, so, demons are fighting. You're right. Meg is back. And it's like, nothing could be finer than Rachel Minor. And fuck, I love Rachel Minor. And all the shit that was said coming out of Meg's mouth sounds so good coming out of hers. And... (laughs) There was a lot of things going back and forth about how to get the original Meg back in. And they were just like, it was just too hard to figure out how to explain, like, why she would go back to that meat suit after it was crumpled, burned, and, like, why all that yeah. stuff was. And so they ended up going with Rachel Minor. And, but I love her so much. And oh, she's so good. I love her. 
Let's we'll get to our cast notes. Um, so we've got the the fight going on, and Meg totally like make out, makes out with Dean against his will, and he asks if that was peanut butter, and I don't understand why. Because he kissed her, yeah. so like asked if like she was just eating peanut butter, oh, like really? because her mouth her breath smelled. That's Although, um, according to Rachel Miner, she did not in fact eat peanut butter before they shot this. That's she good. just confirmed. That seems polite not do that is polite yeah. uh it's a weird gross question to me anyways uh so well he was trying to insult her yeah like you kiss me and you taste like peanut butter he's i don't like know 15, i mean what if, what if you really insult. like peanut butter <laughs> you don't want to kiss somebody who tastes like peanut butter <laughs> go um, babe babe go eat some peanut butter right now and then come in there and like just like make out with diana uh, and you tell me <laughs> if you like the way that tastes because you won't. I'm sure I won't. I'm just saying. It's, it, was a, it was a weird insult. That's all. Anyways, uh, so we've got our Dean struggling. Bobby's about to stab him. We've got black eyes. And it's very upsetting seeing Bobby with black eyes. I don't know why it bothers me a lot. Um, but then his eyes go kind of normal. Like he's fighting through it almost. And so he stabs himself because Bobby's a bad motherfucker. He is. Also, uh, Sam does come in in the middle of this, mm-hmm. and Meg, like, smashes him in the head with, like, the hotel phone. And I was like, that is such a solid phone. Like, this is what I miss about landlines. Like, man, you can knock the shit out of somebody with that phone. Yeah. And they're fighting the demons. Meg says something about Sam not having his super special demon powers anymore. Uh, and then Dean kills one of the other, at this point, the other two demons are, are gone. So Meg just cock smokes out. And collapses on the floor. Okay. Whatever. <sighs> so now we're going to get back to the house. Back to good old Pike Creek, Delaware, where a man is, that man, Nick, that we had met previously, is packing baby stuff. <sighs> and there's an electron, one of the electric rockers, which I think you're not supposed to use those anymore. Anyways, it starts going kind of on its own. Nope. And it's playing music. And then you start hearing crying from the cardboard box that he's packing. Nope. And it's the fucking baby monitor at the bottom. So he goes to the room where the other half of the monitor is, where there's an empty crib. And the crying stops. And so he turns to leave the room, and the crying starts again. And then he turns around, and blood starts pouring out of the fucking crib. Well, that's fine. Which is funny. I'm I'm like, your reaction, you're like... The, the the little swing moving, the fucking crying, fuck all that. But the blood, you're like, meh, whatever. Just a crib no, actually, like drenched in blood. No, my reaction was, a baby doesn't have that much blood. Oh. <laughs> that seems like an excessive, I mean, maybe, I don't know, it seems like an excessive amount of blood for a little baby. Like, I, I don't want to know how much blood is in a baby, but I'm guessing it's less than that. Less than that. Uh, but yeah, no, no thank you to baby monitors. With, and also, like, mm. if I know there isn't a baby in that crib and it's crying, oh. yeah, I don't know, I would probably go play with it. There's a lot of, like, baby. creepy shit with baby monitors. Like, I know they're important and, like, you know, everybody I know that has babies to use them. But, like, there's the ones with, like, they're cameras. So hackable. Well, and with, like, cameras, people do, like, weird. There's, like, babies do weird shit at night. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, um, oh, I just thought you meant like people who are watching you through your video. Well, that's creepy as fuck too. I mean, I prefer not to be spied on. But anyways, I just yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was really fucking dark. And then the man's kneeling and crying, and then when he looks up again, the blood's gone. Cause this poor motherfucker. That's all I know. 
Yeah, and the crib is like so nicely made. It's like the little little turn on there, and there's a little like matching little teddy bear. Oh. Like, oh, like somebody is staging this house to sell. That mm. is what is happening. And now, like, we'll learn later. But the real estate on this is probably going to be hard. Maybe yeah. not. And actually, you probably make it. You probably at this day and age probably make a lot of money in it. All right. So now we're going to the hospital. At the hospital, because Bobby stabbed himself, and so they have to rush him to the ER. Sam and Dean are told to to stay for questions, but they're like, nope, we need to go find the goddamn sword, because now the demons know where the fucking sword is if it's in Dad's storage. So they go weapon up in trunk. Hey, trunk. trunk. How's it going? You look so good. And uh, so they get up to Castle Storage and, um, you know, they are going in and there's, you know, devil's trap on the ground and salt and bodies. And Zachariah is already there with his two, I wrote, lackeys, but we'll go with angel bitches um, to uh, to uh, try to intervene as Sam and Dean try to find the Sword of Michael. So do you think like okay, so there's this devil's trap that's in this in the storage unit. Mm-hmm. And the I guess the idea though, it works like a home system, right? Like demons break in, they can't get out. But that also seems like kind of cruel, like you know, like a mouse like trapped in like a like a uh glue trap or something and that you just like let it like th- how long do they have to lie in that glue trap until they just like chew them like try and like chew like could they I don't know. It just seems mean. <laughs> Are you worried about being mean to demons? Of course, I'm worried about being mean to demons. <laughs> Care so much more about demons than people. What? Um, oh. I'm sorry. Like, okay, so uh, Zachariah so. is going to break some news. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's a really funny line before Dean very sarcastic goes, "Oh, thank God the angels are here." Um, anyway, so Zachariah's like, "Yeah, no, I'm going to close you guys in here," and uh, because. You know, we've got some information. Um, they want some information. Um, but basically, Dean is the sword. That's what it comes out to. Dean is not yep. exactly Dean the sword. He's is the vessel for Michael. Is the Michael sword. Son of a bitch. So Oops. it's not that there's an actual sword necessarily in the way they're describing it. And it's not that Dean has a sword in him. Dean is the sword by being the physical corporeal form. Angel that Michael, Michael will the the meat suit that Michael will don to fight the devil. Yeah, I, I do like the term angel condom. Yeah, yeah. And um, Dean is Dean is not not pleased with this information. No, and then no, he wants to do um, this. No, and Dean's kind of like, yeah, no, no, thank you. And so Zechariah is like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to play with you anymore. And so Zechariah makes a finger gun and shoots Sam, and it actually shoots him in the leg, and that's not cool. Though I wish my finger guns would do that. I have to be careful with these bad boys then. I'm like, wait, watch out. But, yep, yeah, so he finger guns. Uh, there's some finger fun, and uh, so Sam breaks – Sam's leg is broken, and – then, like, God, man, Zach just likes to hear himself talk a lot, yes. and he is just like, the war has begun. We don't have our general. That's bad. Now, Michael is going to take his vessel and lead the final charge against the adversary. And so, but you listen, like, it is such military speak, and but it really is thinking about the angels view this as a war, 
right? This yeah. is what's going on. This is all I think about. There's a war. We need our general, right? Yeah, but and then basically like, Earth um, is collateral damage. wrong with this. Yeah. And basically Earth, yeah. everything on Earth is collateral damage. Like they'd rather not harm it, but they just don't really care. It's kind of the take, I think. Um, so yeah, Dean's like, mm, well, how many humans are going to die in this? And Zachariah's like, well, if Lucifer wins, all of them. So, um, and then this is where Dean realizes, oh, wait, it's not like demons where they can just possess a person. They need my consent to use me as an angel. Ha ha ha. So he's like, no, no. So, I don't think he goes, no, he goes, eat me, which well, is much yeah. better. Well, That's better than just, just being like, no, nah. repeatedly, basically. He's like, uh, he's like, you know, there must be a battle. And he's like, no. He's like, well, he'll Bobby or he'll never walk again if I if you don't help me. Dean says, no. Says, well, what if I heal you from stage four stomach cancer? And Dean starts coughing up blood and still says no. And then asks about removing Sam's lungs, thinking that Dean will finally say yes. And Dean just says, just kill us. Yeah, Sam doesn't have any lungs. Yeah, Sam suffers. Like, how don't you just instantly die? Like, don't you just instantly die? Like, well, no, maybe it'd be like, it'd be like getting suffocated. I mean, you can, you last for a little bit. Yeah, I guess your lungs can deflate for like, whatever. but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's very, I mean, it doesn't look pleasant for yeah, sure. Very unpleasant. Very unpleasant. And Zachary's like, no, no, I'm not going to just kill you. I'm just getting started. But then there's a bright light. And guess who joins them? <gasps> Cass- it's Cass. Yeah. And he has a fancy dagger and kills the two angel bitches, a.k.a. lackeys. Uh, uh, Zachariah was surprised uh, to see him. He doesn't know how Cassiel is alive. And Cassiel's like, yeah, you don't know. And guess what? Angels didn't put the brothers on an airplane either. So uh, Zachariah's like, well, that's not possible and kind of freaked out. So the implication that we're getting is basically that somebody else was involved in intervening to bring back Castiel and to put the brothers on the plane to save them from the Lucifer explosion slash dance club party at the convent. And that it was God. Yeah. That was the implication is God's around. That so God is inter- and and not, just like, not just what? around, but intervening, actively intervening. Yep. Yep. So and Zach's like, um, no, and he flaps away. So there, um, Castiel tells the tells Sam and Dean that Lucifer is circling his vessel, and these hex bags won't be enough. So he puts his hands on their chest, and there's like this like a jolt. And apparently, he was uh, putting Enochian sigils in their Yay! <laughs> in their uh, on their chests. That would hide them from every type of angel and demon. And Dean's like, oh, did you just brand us? He's like, no, no, I just carved it in your ribs. I'm like, wow, they just took body modification to the next fucking level. Yep, yep. I'm sure, like, I've seen this on an episode of Botched. <laughs> so, um, and Sam tries to ask, what, hey, Castiel, how are you back? And there's just a whoosh, and it disappears. Yeah, so we're back, we're back to good old Nick in Delaware, who's sleeping. And then wakes up to see the woman that was in bed with him previously when one vision is now standing in the room and he calls her Sarah and she says, I'm not your wife. I'm an angel, Lucifer. And he's he's like, sure. 
Why, and he's also like, why are you wearing a white nightgown like all the women in this fucking show? Do you just like, ha- like, did wardrobe just have a sale on like white weird. nightgowns? Like, why the fuck are you all wearing these fucking nightgowns? Like, I have one like cotton loose, like old lady nightgown, but it's still even just got like, it's like pink one. And it's short. And how and I just often do you sleep in it? Oh, never. It's just for like, like, it's like once every three years, you're like, oh, I'm going to get out of my bath and this is going to be so pleasant. But it's just like, in yeah, reality, it's like, I fall asleep in like whatever the fuck I like fall asleep in. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's, it's quite the, it's quite the commitment. Um, anyways, so, uh, the man says, can you do me a favor there, Satan, and remind me to stop drinking before I go to bed? But she's like, look, I'm here because you're special. You're a vessel and powerful and need to take, I need to take control of your mind and body and it's going to be unpleasant for you. And he's like, well, nope. you know, I think I want to wake up now. This is not, not fun. She's like, look, this is your choice. And she's like, you know, she's like, look, you know, I misunderstood. Uh, I loved God too much and he punished me like God punished you. <gasps> Because God stood idly by while a man broke in and butchered your family. So God is either sadistic sadistic or doesn't care. Or God likes true crime. I mean, that's the other option. Like, he just wanted, like, he was tired of Dateline episodes. But so she does go into this, you know, she, she, he, them. Uh, So... Lucifer is you know, basically saying that I am Lucifer. You know, I'm not Satan. Um, I, you know, all this stuff is here. So we're going to go on a journey about Lucifer, but not really. Sort of. Kind of. Hmm. So we're going to lore. Lore. Going to lore. <laughs> For today's lore, it started when I started researching Lucifer. So, and bottom line, and we'll, I'm sure we will get back to this at some point. Uh, there are a lot of different names for Satan. Uh, Lucifer Morningstar, like if you've watched, I don't know, Lucifer or Sabrina. Or most of those things actually kind of have more the gist of the idea of what Lucifer Morningstar is. But while I was looking up just to kind of see like, oh, the difference between like where the term, where this idea of Lucifer being a fallen angel came from. Then I read, started reading about the Luciferians. And I think because I saw that word and saying it out loud was just really funny for me at the moment. Um, so say it out loud, right? Luciferians. Luciferians. Yeah, you're picturing a satanic Bob Marley, aren't you? Fuck like this yeah, I just, am. Yeah, I mean, so I'm just like picturing people like worshiping the devil while smoking a big old spliff and maybe listening to some you know, good reggae. Yeah. yeah. But so started looking at them and... So the Luciferians, the definition for them, according to the Luciferian Apocalypse, oh fuck, I knew I was going to fuck up that word, Apocalypse, whatever, the book, the, whatever the name of your, your organization is, and there is a Texas shout out to them. They We briefly talked about these guys when we were talking about um, the haunting of Spring, Texas, because okay. they were opening a thing there and then everybody got all pissed, whatever. So they have like a, a really good website with a lot of information about Luciferianism and what it is. But so according to them, um, it is the ideological, philosophical and magical attainment of knowledge and inner power via the left hand path. Um, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I love left hand path. Like magic. This sounds awesome. But then 
I hit on something because I go on to lower hole tangents sometimes. And I read the following. Now, bear with me. This is a paragraph, but you can focus. I promise. Stop looking at your phone. Just focus for a minute. I oh, know. I'm, I'm talking to the other uh, listeners out there. Okay. I'm like, I'm not. So just, I'm not. Uh, so, all right. In the 13th century, a group of people called Luciferians attracted papal attention for devil worship. And this time, there can be little doubt that this is exactly what was going on. The Pope sent Conrad of Marburg, a gentleman described as a sadistic fanatic who had been spiritual director of St. Elizabeth of Thuringia and had delighted in beating and humiliate her in order to squash the heresy taking place there. So it goes on and on and on and on. And so at the end of this, it goes, at least half a dozen contemporary sources give details of the Luciferians and confessions by those accused were not made under torture. So naturally, like any logical person does, uh, I really had to go into a deep dive to find out if there really were Luciferians in Germany in the 13th century. Um, and that led to basically a week of rabbit holing and dozens of pages of notes, me reading oh. shit in German. My German is not that great anymore. So lots of Google translate and German and all sorts of things. And really this ends up being the story of how, what the fuck happened in the 13th century caused millenniums of problems that are still going on. So buckle up bitches. All right. So we're going to the high medieval times and i would say you know get into a time machine but this is a supernatural podcast so Cass can just boop us in the forehead and okay so we're back boop all right we're in the 13th century aka the medieval ages right and you know we're bumping to gregorian chants they're all the rage Mm -hmm. i i I don't know how to sing gregorian chants uh, but you know i think it involves harmonies and going oh mm -hmm." um but most of it don't know what they're saying because they're in latin uh velvet's a thing so we're finally getting into nice soft soft things Ooh, yeah all right so what else is going on so in we've got gothic architecture buttresses galore uh in monks there was a fuck ton of monks and friars and there is a difference between those two but i just don't care and anyhow the both the franciscan and dominican orders were founded during this time and they were basically like the vegan crossfit influences of their time so to be a good like friar or monk you had to be like really you had to be poor you had to pursue part of the poverty you had to pursue learning and then you had to go tell everybody about how poor you are and how much shit you learned and then make sure that they all listen to you. So okay. yeah, they are great. Um, also in the crusades. So this is the time where we got to be kind of the end of the crusades and where people figured out, you know what? Like we don't have to just do these Holy land crusades. Although the children's crusade does happen now. That's the fun one where, you know, all the children died. Or got sex trafficked. Yeah. Yay. Um, so, but the popes at this time also just realized, well, I mean, they're heretics in the in the Holy Land. They're heretics here. They got land and shit. We should we shouldn't have heretics. So I need I need military. So basically, uh, the church just started building militaries and um you know, those fun times are happening because what else was in was papal power. You see, in 1215, Pope Innocent III, misnomer, uh, had a council meet, council meetup, and he I feel issued like if you name a lot. Of- innocent, I feel like if you name yourself innocent, 
That's a red flag. Just saying. Well, yeah, and he's the third one, and I'm sure I'm sure there's some Catholic bullshit behind that, but whatever. Uh, so he issues like a lot, a lot of decrees, and some of the things that are coming out of that are including things like you've got to take the sacraments, like you've got to do the Eucharist, right? You've got to eat the wafer, and you also have to get married. Like marriage becomes a really important thing, and of course you've got to pay us taxes, you know, because we're we're doing all the stuff for you because we're at the church, yeah. right? Um, also, uh, we're the boss, and we said that in here, so it's true, right? The boss, us, just just so you know. Duh. Also, confession. So a lot of the problems that were happening in this era, some of the, the people who were going away from the Catholic Church, and even in the Catholic Church before this, was just like, you know, if you do something, you can probably ask God for forgiveness and you'll be fine. But in this time, they're like, no, 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 wait, no, uh, you have to tell a priest, like, you can't just ask God. You've got to tell the priest or the abbot or the bishop or the archbishop or whatever. And then, and then those... you can ask for forgiveness. And you can. And also, those people, if they hear you doing something that's kind of not, like, the best way for the church, you got they have to tell us, too. That's They also have to right. do that. Um, so, cool, cool. All right. Also, uh, if you are Jewish or a Saracen, can you wear some, like, special clothes so we can just pick you out? That'll be great. <laughs> All right. Also, in at this time, were spiritual ladies. Uh, part of this is because women were thought to be the perfect example of how to be the, you know, the Christian ideal of, like, being very obedient and devout because they didn't have shit else to do. Um, or if you were a woman who was of a different class, you're like, hey, I need to do something. I don't want to get married or my husband died. I need to go George, join an order. But then they're like, we have enough people in the orders. And so the women just started making their own shit up. Like sisters were doing it for themselves. Like they made up like like towns and shit of like all these religious women. And so these women were also now you have to go to this confessor, right? So they're developing these very special relationships with their spiritual advisors and confessors. And this also becomes kind of a power thing. Like, who, you know, who's your confessor? Like, I've got to get one. Mm. I've um, got a better confessor than you. <coughs> yeah. And then, like, if you're a spiritual lady and you get this confessor, and then when you die, if you're really good, then you can be a saint. And then if you're a saint, then you can have a cult. And that was pretty much the goal of like all the spiritual ladies at this time. They want to be a saint. They want to get a cult. And there was like, well, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. Who doesn't want a cult? All right. So if all those things are in, what are out? Well, heretics. And if you believe the church, heretics are everywhere. They're just committing the heresy. How dare they? And at this time, there were a lot of groups that had broken off of the church, particularly the ones they really hated were the Cathars. They hated them. They burned down whole cities full of them. Well, the cities had some Cathars in them. Probably. <laughs> they thought. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, like, people are, like, basically being, like, we want to uh, get rid of all the heretics because they're against the church. And if you're against the church, then you're for Satan. And Satan, this is all Satan trying to take down the church. Uh, because God cured man, so Satan, this is clearly the work of Satan. Obviously. And so, yeah, and so one of the things that happens, too, is that the church is going, you've got to, like, these heretics are bad, you've got to get rid of them. So what do people do when they get really wild up and they're told people are evil? 
people just start doing a lot of mobs and killing people and it's not good no yeah it's kind of there's some shit going on all right that's not good mobs are not good moms are not good in general no no so if we go back to that original paragraph there is some people that were mentioned in there and we're gonna this basically gonna become their story the first one that is mentioned is conrad von marburg and basically he that name just sounds like that the villain in ghostbusters 2 that like does the evil slime that's kind of like how i picture him it does that's perfect yeah, yeah. So, shockingly, uh, Carl v- Conrad von Marburg was uh, born in Marburg. Huh. Go figure. And so, he was born to what was assumed to be a wealthy family. Uh, he had a lot of education. He becomes a priest, just a secular one, as far as everybody knows, like, not a monk. But he's still friends with, like, all, like, the highfalutin, like, monks that are running around at this time. And, like, you know, Noah's Francis of Assisi and, like, all the Dominicans. Like, yeah, whatever. Uh, and he is said to be a man of much ability, large theological learning, eloquence, and ardent zeal in defense of the purity of Catholic faith and the severe ascetic. Oh. Fun. Sounds like Sounds a, like a I real bet fun great dude. at parties. Great totally at great parties. at parties. So great that in 1213, he becomes a preacher of the cross for Pope Innocent's crusade against the Cathars. And to be chosen to do this, you had to have a special appreciation for the law of poverty and ascetic strictness and like really good or like rhetorical skills, rhetoric, rhetoric skills, not rhetorical skills, but it's something else. But anyways, but even with then that group of like narcs and like nerds, he was special. For, like, how much he loved his preaching and mm. how much he loved to show people how poor and pious and, you know, that's everyone loves someone who shows off, like, how poor they are. That's always oh, that's great. so good. Great. So, yep, yeah, he keeps on giving sermons and he becomes a papal arbiter. And speaking of the papal people, let's bring in another pope. So uh, Pope Gregory the, the Ninth. So we're just going to call him Greg because uh, it's a lot to say. Um, basics on him. He was born Ugolino, Count of Seguini, something else, somewhere in Rome. Sometime between 1140 and 1170. Uh, that's a wide range of dates, but yeah. whatever. Um, his uncle was Pope Innocent III. So oh, honors and some family stuff is happening there. Um, he does begin his papacy in 1227, uh, theoretically when he was 80. And a lot of places say that, so let's just believe it. Uh, also, he was a lawyer and didn't like all the chaos and all the heretics, like de- like the mobs are causing. Not, he wanted the heretics to go away, but this was just like, that was messy. Too messy, messy. for me. That's messy. All right, so we're going to meet our last player that was in there, and that was Elizabeth, and also, a.k.a. the St. Elizabeth of Hungary, a.k.a. Princess Elizabeth. Ooh, as much as I want to be a princess, not this kind. Uh, Her parents were King Andrew II and Gertrude of Hungary. Okay. Uh, She was born at the beginning of the 13th century. Also just sounds like a bundle of joy. Uh, As a child, she was full of humility, piety, and sacrifices. And I also say a lot of the things that we talk about her come from the things where people were trying to get her to be a saint. So I'm not sure how much of this, like was hmm. written just to be like, oh, no, of course. Like, she, even as a kid, man, all she did was pray. She loved it. That's all she wanted to do. She just wanted to pray and fucking hug lepers. That's it. That's all she wanted to do. Um, so weird hobbies for a child. 
It is a weird hobby. And so as a kid, she gets sent to the court of Thuringia, which sounds like the place in Princess Diaries. Um, but this is actually central Germany. Um, and that's where like Bach and Liszt and Wagner. So a bunch of like music people come from there. So eventually, I guess it becomes less of an uptight place, maybe. Um, so they get married when she was 14. And apparently they were really in love. Like he even went to the bat for her when his parents were like, well, there's a better match for you. And he was like, no, I love her. And so they knock out three kids together. And so she's she marries him when she's 14. So she just starts popping out babies. Like, like and so do. she turns, like you do. And so when she's 16, the Franciscan friars come to Thuringia and she is obsessed. She's just like, look at how poor these guys are. Love it. Love it. They're so, like, all they do is pray and they just want to help the poor. I love it. into that. Toes into it. So such a good look for them. And so she just like moves in with them. And her husband is okay with this because he thinks it's adorable. He's just like, oh, we'll get to hang together with heaven. It'll be great. And so she's just like, yo, this is not like I am not like on the level I want to be. I need my own confessor. And so she goes to this one monk, Roderger, and she's like, can you instruct me in practicing chastity, humility, and patience? And he is like, no. <laughs> uh, he's just like, nah, well, nah. I think he just thought she was too much. He was just like, look, you can live like a Franciscan. Like, that's fine. Just keep being wow. like Francis. Like, it's cool. But. I, yeah, you need to find somebody else. So she's just like, oh, I'm not going to be great. I had to go back on my confessor tender. So she's just, just like swiping left, just looking, just looking for a confessor. And so I'm not sure how eventually she comes to be, the situation comes to be. There is some situations that Pope Greg introduced Elizabeth to Conrad. Uh, others that he met Ludwig, her husband, while they, he was crusading. But no matter, they two find each other and a fantastic, toxic relationship begins. And Conrad becomes her confessor. And so there was a lot of back and forth about his treatment of her, like whether or not it was abusive because she literally asked for it. Like literally it's like, I want to be like so pious. I want to be obedient, but he's a dick. So like, this is like, and she, she's just like, he also like, like be clear. She's full of herself or at least according to the same thing. So she's just like, yeah, like if I suffer then I'm like Jesus and yeah, that's you're you're pushing a little hard there. Uh, yeah, but just an example, that's yeah, it's a lot. Like if you ever just like I am like Jesus, like or whatever religious figure you, I am like insert religious figure. I mean, here. I feel like you're not being super humble when you say something like that. Just throwing that out. But you know, but Jesus suffered anyhow. So, Con, this is like how much of a dick Conrad is. Uh, so he's preaching a service, right? And so they're at, they're at this court, and her husband's still alive. She's still, you know, and he is like preaching a service, and her sister in law shows up, so she doesn't go to his sermon. He sends her a note that says, "I don't want to be your spiritual advisor anymore," because she didn't go to his fucking mass, huh? Yeah, but that's this like passing relation- a note in junior high saying, I want to break up with you. I want to break up with you. You didn't return my call. I texted you five hours ago. Why did you look at your text messages? What are you doing? I don't want to be your boyfriend. 
And but of course she's like, but you're the only but confessor for me. No one else is as pious and as poor as you are. So she goes and she begs and she throws himself at her feet. Uh, and she's never like, bad, please, girl. please. <laughs> and guy. he is like, okay, fine. But you and your maids need to strip down to your chemises and I'm going to flog you. Oh. Then we'll be fine. So he beats the shit out of her and her maids. Oh, and this that. also like her and her maids becomes a theme of like getting the shit beat out of them. Uh, so he's maids. teaching her <laughs> sucked in on this bullshit. Yeah, these poor fucking maids, man. Like, no, it gets worse. Like, seriously, these poor maids. Uh, and because these also like a lot of these maids have been with her. Like, uh, I mean, ma- like when we say maids, it's like uh, your handmaidens, I guess you yeah. know. And like, mm-hmm. do, like so they like went to the court raised with her. her. Like they yeah. they basically raised her. Like her parents are in fucking Hungary, being like the king and the the queen or whatever she mm-hmm. is. Uh, so they don't have time for her shit. She's done. She's in Thrungia. She's someone else's problem. So she was with the maids, right? Yeah. Um. So this is all happening at the same time while he's you know, working at her, like trying to make her into the obedient woman that she should become. He's also like gotten into preaching its heretics. Really, really like him. And he's just like, this is my bag. Like, oh, everyone's evil. And he's like so like intense that Pope Gregory is like, hey, I like this. You should do more. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you authority, right? So now you get to accuse people of being heretics. You don't get to be their judge. Like they have to still go to like a court and the judges and prosecutors to deal with it. But you can point out who they are. Cool. There's just not a flaw. There's no flaws in this system at all. There is no flaws in the system. I remember Greg is a lawyer and he wants order. So he is going through like laws. He's making things. He's trying to make, you know, make, you know, understand what's going on. And he is like, look, okay, we need to figure out who these heretics are. We can't torture them. How do you really define torture? I don't know. Like, you know, it's kind of like, that's subjective, right? Like, I'll know it when I see it. And so he's like, you know, but once they are confirmed, then you, you have to burn them with fire. Um, And because it's fire that, yeah, we're not going against, you know, the ancient prohibition of shedding of blood. Thou should not kill because it's fire. Like, so there's no blood. Right. So that's how that works. Burned. And then, yeah, exactly how it works. Then Gregory appoints the first papal inquisitors, and this is the start of the motherfucking Inquisition. Well, that's fun. It is, and that was such a joyous thing. Like, it is. Nobody expects the Inquisition. Oh, not the Spanish one, not the French, not the German one. So this is the beginning. There is the French and the German Inquisition. Spain and Italy are coming along. They'll get there. But this is really the first time that the church says, you can kill somebody for not believing in what we tell you. And it's not even what we believe, like, because half the time they don't know, like, just anything can make you, like, a sinner and a heretic. So, but if we decide that, then you can die. Yeah. Which is, which is not fine. a good thing to say. Fucked. So, all right. So, in the meantime, Ludwig dies. Oh, he goes on a crusade and he gets the plague. Mm. Plague's a bitch. Yep. So uh, Elizabeth's in-laws just toss her out. (laughs) And then they were just like, we are tired of your shit. Go go be poor on the street, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she wants to be poor on the street, right? That's what I'm saying. Uh, Like, you want that that bad? 
Yep. So she does basically, though, become the full on property of Conrad, right? So he just, he's like, fine, come in. And she's like, all right, I'm going to take a vow. She's already taken one vow of obedience to Conrad, but now she's going to take another one. And she's now like, I'm going to renounce all the splendor of my world. I'm going to give all my will to Conrad and to God. And I'm going to renounce all my possessions. And then, wait, 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 what? That was Conrad. <laughs> he was like, like wait, no, wait. no, no. I want those things. That's why, I, that's why yeah, I'm all that around, that- bitch. All the money you have, like, oh, well, we can't just, like, what, like, where is that going to go? It's like, let's build a hospital for the poor. And so she's like, oh, cool, lepers. And there's all sorts of stories about who, she likes like, she really loves lepers. And there's a story, and it goes back and forth on whose bed it was in. That the one story is that Ludwig came home from, like, Crusading or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. Ludwig does. And she had put a leper in his bed and he was very upset and of course you don't just put a leper in somebody's bed i'm sorry you ask about that and i understand yeah like look yeah be charitable like care for the sick but don't put a fucking leper in my bed like with their body parts falling out without asking me like i have have a question so i I mean I feel like, and I don't want to be insensitive because I do know that leprosy does still exist. Obviously, there's colonies and people that, that have this. They don't nearly go to colonies anymore, although there are still leper colonies that exist. Yes, there's a few of them. They're very few. They're down to, okay, go on. I will not but, go into but so what like, I know But about I feel like colonies. leprosy is kind of in the same category of like quicksand in my childhood concerns of things that I did have not encountered nearly as much as I thought I would. Like... I'm just saying, like, I didn't think I'd encounter a lot, but, like, there's, like, you know, it's like, oh, shit, like, leprosy is really fucking scary. You've really got to avoid that shit. Oh, fuck, how do you get out of quicksand? Like, it's kind of in that category in my head for some reason. I don't know why, but I feel like it's not something, like, like in our modern world we encounter a lot. That's in it, but you felt like, I feel like it's, like, I'm, uh, well, you don't fight against it. You have to get, like, somebody to pull you out slowly. It's the whole thing. Okay. But I'm just, like... (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like things as a kid that you like thought that you were like really concerned that we were going to be encountering a lot more in life. That is not one of the things I thought I was going to encounter. Well, not a lot more. Like I didn't think I did, really didn't think there'd be that much quicksand in my future. But I was like, well, shit, I got to know about this. And then like I've never been around. Quick, I've never seen quicksand in my life. But like, well, someday, someday that may come in handy. <laughs> might I guess? I don't know. It's just like it's in that category. I'm like, yeah, this is not something that we really encounter on a regular basis. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, oh, I got. sorry to derail. Yep. Go ahead. Nope. No lepers. worries. All right. Lepers. So, so lepers. Uh, so basically everybody says she was totally happy to do this. So he is like, all right, come to Marburg. And she's like, cool. Go to Marburg. You're going to build my hospital. Also get rid of your children. What? Um, okay. You can't have children because you love them too much. And so they are distracting you from your obedience and your worship of God and Conrad. So we got to get rid of your children. Cool. Also, we got to get rid of your maids. Yeah, we got to get rid of your maids. You love them too much. Um, So uh, now you're going to live in the shack. And you're going to live in the shack on my land. Um, We're going to get you some roommates. Uh, The first one, uh, this is a deaf and angry widow. Uh, She is angry all the time. And she's just going to yell at you. Also, uh, here is a religious virgin. Um, She's going to yell at you about all the household chores that you don't know what to do. She's going to berate you. And I'm like, girl, you were in a cult. 
Yeah. You were in a goddamn cult. A Somebody cult. told you to get rid of all your shit and then got rid of all your stuff. You're in a cult. But then, why didn't he just like, he, so he like got rid of the maids? Like that seems wasteful. Because now you don't have to pay them. Oh, well. And you have to feed them, or whatever. feed them, like, or house, house them, or whatever. You have she to has the, the, the deaf, angry widow. That's true. She's fine. She's fine. Okay. Um, and everyone just, like I said, everyone says she was really happy to do this. Um, but also, but she's a, she's in an abusive, toxic relationship. Yeah. Like, if Obviously. no doubt. And this is also, this is Conrad being a dick. So she's like, hey, I'm going to go to this convent where one of my kids is at. And so the nuns at this convent were like, hey, Conrad, can she come in? And they're, he was like, sure. Then she got home and he was like, why did you enter the convent? Then, in order to make her repent, he got his friend and friar, uh, Gerard Lutzel Kebab. Actually, his name is Lutzel Gob, Cobb. <laughs> but I like calling him Lutzel Kebab. I don't know. But he was just like, you need to beat her. Beat her and more. her maid. Because her mm. maid opened the door to the convent. Ooh. So, got a very long rod, beat the shit out of them, and, like, basically for weeks, like, you could still, like, see all the, like, where they were, like, beaten with this rod. That's awful. Yep, pretty shitty Conrad. Conrad, you're a dick. All right, so remember, this is the guy who is looking for heretics. So this is how he's treating the person who he's like in charge of her spiritual guy and trying to be and trying to be super fucking pious. Yeah, the person. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna also I want to admit that Elizabeth was not fucking rosy all the time. In fact, she was kind of awful when she wasn't putting lepers in bed, which, as I stated, is also bad. Um, so uh, for example, there was a girl named Hildegard. Hildegund? Hildegund. Hildegund. Mm -hmm. And she had apparently amazing hair. And Elizabeth figured out that based on her good wardrobe and her bitchin' hair, that she was way too frivolous and forced her to have it shorn. And while she was screaming and, like, begging to, like, not cut off her hair and other people were like, why are you cutting off her hair? Uh, So, no, she just did it anyways. And, but later on, you know, Hildy becomes a nun and she works at the hospital and she's like, you know, I was obsessed with my hair. If I'd cut it off, I would have been a nun way earlier if I hadn't, you know, had that pretty hair to get with. And I'm like, no, you got a fucking complex if someone shaved off your goddamn hair. And then you just ended up working in a hospital. That's yeah. that's what happened. Um, you should be able to have your glorious hair, Hilda Gund. Like, nobody. Look, uh, there's also stories of, like, Elizabeth beating a woman because the woman didn't, like, want to, like, go to confession and take the communion. She just beat her with a cane. Old lady. It is. And I can also just picture, like, this is, like, old, like, German bitch being like, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to confession. Like, I'm going to sit here and drink my beer and eat my sausage. Piss Mm. off. Like, thick dish. Uh, Yeah. So, anyways, this all goes on, and then she dies at 24. Because Mm. if you starve yourself because you're trying to be fucking poor and pious and, like, don't give yourself, like, velvet and you, like, wear a little gray, like, little tunics that aren't made of shit you're gonna get sick and if someone's beating you you're gonna die all right so she fucking dies and her body is laid out for four days and instead of stinking she emitted an aromatic scent that revived the spirit cool um that is a very interesting thing to say about a corpse um but then um people you know so they cut off pieces of her tunic her hair, her nails, her ears, Mm-mm. and her nipples. Her nipples, man. What? 
too far, Carl. I don't know if it was Carl. I'm just assuming it was Carl. No. You went too far, Carl. No. Also, like, what, how how does this even happen? All right, so the corpse is lying out, right? It's on this table. And you're coming in. You're like, oh, she was so great. She was such a great lady. Let me just pull this down and just take a little nip with me. No, I mean, that was probably after they took the ears and the other stuff. They're like, well, fuck. What else can I take, man? Well, shit. I, I'm uh, taking like, a, I guess I, a nip. I guess a nip. I, I guess nip. I get a nip. Like, this is what I do. Like, so, and these things do become relics, right? And they're in various churches around the world. I have no idea where her nipples ended up. Um, if you are possession of St. Elizabeth of Hungary's nipples, please let me know immediately. <laughs> like, um, fight whatever way you like. Just, Nipple it, hunt 2022. <laughs> Show me where those nips are, man. Show um, me the nips. Show me the nips. Not, not, right. not, no, no, please don't send us pictures. Don't please. send me pictures not. of your nipples. No. Unless <laughs> <laughs> they're glorious nipples. Like, I don't know. Like, I can't, I, I can't say I don't want to see them, but I don't. Anyhow, all right. So, like, you know, is her fantasy. Carl starts campaign, campaigning to make her a saint. And eventually, Greg, Gregory does. He makes her a saint and he even grants special indulgences. So this is part of the thing that's happening at this time, right? That's why people are going on crusades. And other because the, the church is like, look, when you die, for all the sins that you did, you've got to sit in purgatory. Like, if you don't go to hell, you've got to go to purgatory. And you've got to be in purgatory for a certain amount of time because of the shit you did. Hmm. But if you do things we'd like... We can knock some time off of that for you. Hmm. So if you go to Elizabeth's tomb, you get a year and 40 days off. Full days. That's great. And they're like, bargain. And this also lends her way to starting the cult of St. Elizabeth. She got a cult. Yay! Um, <clears throat> she actually really does come like an important figure in terms of like women saints, uh, just mainly because of where she was at in terms of time. Like I said, right. the spiritual ladies are really big. She's one of the, the big saints that kind of comes out of this. But And you know, of course, like she has her miracles because you've got to have three miracles to be a saint. Like one of the ones she's known for is like I don't know, it's something to do with leopards and a dress, and then, like, she opens it up, and there's, like, flowers on it. I'm sure it had something to do with leopards. It always does. Um, but anyway, so uh, we still haven't found the Luciferians, and I'm sorry to say that's going to have to wait for another episode because this is this has gone on for a while. Um, so um, we are going to do that in season, not in season. It will be in season five. It'll yes. be episode three because we have something else for the next episode. So, oh, you got to turn in for three and I'll make sure you come back because there's two words. Cat anus. Uh, oh, those are the words that you think are going to draw people in. What you you hear, Cat Anus? Do you not tune in? You want to know what the fuck I'm talking about? Yeah, what you? are you talking about? But I don't know. Also, I I don't know if those are the words be like I can't fucking miss this. Like I don't know if that's my reaction. Is that the teaser video that I'm gonna put like on like on our Insta? Like that's the story. It's just gonna be cat. come for the Cat Anus. Oh. Look, okay. As, as some of you know. Well, nobody on this podcast knows, but Diana knows. I um I was told that I'm becoming famous in the next two weeks. Yes. And I bet it's because of cat anus. There's nothing else I would rather be famous for than cat anus. Right, my words. Alright. So um <laughs> let's 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 um <laughs> let's have uh Cass is gonna boop us back from from the from the high middle ages. We're gonna put her velvet away. 
right. Um, so and so still, we're in uh, we're still, Delaware. Yeah. We're in Delaware. We're, we're in, in Delaware. In Nick's bedroom. talking. Yeah, he's and talking to the chick in the white dress. Is, we pieced together that his dead wife, Sarah, who is um, currently a apparition of Lucifer, is talking to him about how they need to hold God accountable and while Lucifer can't bring family back, his family back, he, she, Sarah slash Lucifer can help him get justice. She says, uh, and I don't lie. And that's the next best thing. Is it? She said, I don't, I don't lie. I know I don't need to. I just need you to say yes. And he kind of does like a little flashback to all the creepy shit that's been happening over the last... Well, to us, I got on there like the episode, but I guess for him, like the last day or so, the gate, the, the, the confusing wind, the wind, uh, <laughs> confusing wind, and uh, and says yes. So now we know that this tells us, well, while our brothers don't know this, and Bobby or no one else knows, we as viewers now know that Lucifer has found his vessel, correct? His vessel, his meat suit, his angel condom. So, interesting side note. Does that mean that he has to give permission because Lucifer is technically an angel? Yes. Okay. Anyways. All right. So, back at the hospital. I was like, I was like no, that's pretty easy. Yeah. yeah no, he's an angel. So, mm-hmm. you, got, you, got, you have to have permission. Um, and then we're just going to get a thumping light show again. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. And Bobby is at the hospital yelling at the doctors and nurses being crotchety. Sam and Dean are there. And... Um, they're like, okay, well, it sounds like Bobby's going to be okay because he's being a dick. Um, but Dean's like, what are we going to have to do next? And he's like, look, um, you know, it's it's bad. I mean, you know, we're getting, we're kind of getting screwed whoever wins this. It's the battle between heaven and hell. We're fucked, basically. I think he actually used the word boned, but whatever. They did use the word boned, yes. Heaven or hell, we're boned. Ugh. And Dean starts pontificating, though, um, what if we win? Meaning, like, you know, it's not the fucking, screw the angels, the demons, and the apocalypse. We're, you know, it's our fucking planet. Maybe we should just fight for ourselves. And uh, we can, maybe we kill Lucifer. Kill Lucifer. Go humans. Go um, kill Lucifer. Maybe Michael. And Bobby's like, how the fuck are you going to do that? Well, she says, how how genius. But (laughs) basically, he was saying, how the fuck are we going to do that? And Dean's like, I don't know, but I've got a GED and a give him hell attitude and I'll figure it out. Okay, gumption. Gumption. Bobby calls him nine kinds of crazy at this point, which is fair. Uh, So uh, Sam Sam and Dean are leaving, but Bobby stops Sam at this point. And he tells Sam that he was awake, awake, meaning like in his head, I guess he could hear while he was possessed. And so he knows what he said as a demon to Sam about like losing his number and all that. And that it was, he says it was the demon talking and that he's not cutting him out ever. Oh, which is such a sweet, like, Oh man, like what a family person to say that to me. It's so nice. Look at family that love each other and say things and deal with emotions. So cute. Um, anyway, Uh, so, so, Sam they thanks leave. him, and then they go outside, um, and he's talking to Dean. He's like, hey, maybe we go after the cult. And Dean's like, I didn't actually mean any of this shit I just told Bobby. I was just saying that for him to keep him fucking motivated. There's a snowball's chance of hell of us fucking surviving this or being successful in this. And you, we know this, so whatever. Yep. And sucking. then 
Yep. And then Sam just pokes that bear. Yeah. And he's like, you know better, Sam. Like, and... And Dean's uh, like, I, Dean. I tried. I tried, mm. but you, I can't keep pretending that everything's going to be all right. You chose demons over me, and I'm your brother. And Sam's like, look, I'd do anything to take it back. I know I fucked up. And Dean's like, yeah, I know, but I depend on you, and you let me down. I can't forgive and forget. There's nothing you can do. I don't think we can be what we were. I can't trust you. <gasps> wine, wine, wine. And there's a tear. There's a tear. Single man tear. Single man tear. And that's the episode. Yep. It ends the car like that. Yeah, you know, Dean gets in the car and Sam's just standing in the parking lot. Uh, like, oh, what do I do? Do I go back in the hospital room? I fucking hate the hospital room. Oh shit! I guess I, I don't know. And my brother's a little bitch. Yeah, my brother can't get over talk it, about Dean. his feelings, get and now he's having it. a meltdown, and now we're gonna have problems. Anyways, so yeah, it was pretty upsetting. Um, before uh, before we talk about the episode, I want to get hit our cast notes. We got our casting call of some people in this episode. I know you've mentioned a couple in passing, so I'll give us a little background on them. Uh, so we have Nick, aka Lucifer, is played by. Mark Pellegrino, been on a gazillion TV shows. Uh, obviously, because I don't live under a rock and the internet exists and I'm following a TV show called Supernatural, even though I'm only this far in. I do know that Mark Pellegrino is a beloved character, actor on the show. I know that much. He's going to be around for a while. I don't know much more than that, but I know that. Um, he was uh, Agent Johnson in National Treasure uh, and a one of the treehorn thugs in The Big Lebowski. Here's your... Oh, what was that called? Fun yeah. Uh, Sarah is played by Bellamy Young, who I fucking adore. Uh, she's been in a gazillion TV shows. She was Dr. Miller on Scrubs. She's um, She was an ongoing character on Scandal, which I didn't watch. I just know it's a big deal. Oh, And then okay. uh, Melanie, was it Melly, Millie Grant? I don't know, on Scandal. Anyways, she was uh, she had a, a role in the movie. She was Melly Grant? That's where I know we're from. I was watching it and it was like, oh, like, and it was one of those things because when you see somebody who gets really big afterwards, yeah. like, and she's much old, not much older. She's just, she plays yes. an older character. Uh-huh. And so I didn't like. I guess or this. I don't know. I don't know why. Like it's she seemed older because ten years. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, that and makes sense. She had a small role in the Wrinkle in Time movie, and then what I loved her on. She played Jessica Whitley in The Prodigal Son, which was a couple series, a couple season series on Fox that I freaking loved. It was a really good like psychological thriller. Um, so with that, with a, that a great cast actually. If you need to go back and watch something, that's a good one. And then, of course, we had, as you mentioned, uh, Rachel Miner playing Meg. Uh, she was um, a character, uh, Dawn uh, Margot on Sons of Anarchy. She was uh, Danny in Californication and just a lot of other television shows in general. And is there anything specific from her? Because I, I kind of noted a few things, but I didn't. You said you No, I just lot. love her as Meg. Like, oh, I seriously cool. love her as, like, she is my favorite Meg of ever. And... Uh, spoiler alert, we we will see more. Duh, she cocked smoked out. So, yeah. I mean. So, and then we have Becky was played by Emily Perkins. Um, who's yeah, been a, lot, a, a few television appearances here and there. Not quite the resume of some of our others. Don't, not a knock, just observational. She was the punk receptionist in Juno, by the way. She was in the Ginger Snap movies. It's a series of like, kind of like, can't be horror, horror movies. Films. 
And uh, and then she was Beverly Marsh in the original It. Ew, Becca. I yeah. love you some Becky Rosen. All right, again, send me some fanfic of Becky, Becky Rosen getting smashed. I feel better about that. I would feel better about that. I'm just saying. But I will also take your Wincess fanfic. Diana would love to see some fan art. Um, if you want to, you want to send her some, some art of your favorite things, we'll of course share it on the podcast and, and yeah, you know, what, what's that face for? You bitch. What? Anyhow. All right. Um, anything, I will like, be so judgy just, on um, that. I will be judgy on that. All right. Uh, so, so anything else on this? No, it, I mean, I guess like, so, I mean. Uh, quick wrapping on it. Yeah. I mean, look, it was, it was a, you know, I think it was an and there was a lot of things that needed to be addressed in this episode coming out of the um, the season finale into this. Um, I think they'd have done a good buildup. Really, this whole episode was just like laying groundwork, right? I mean, that's really all it was. We were laying groundwork for Lucifer to exist. We were laying groundwork for Dean to reject the angel's offer. We were laying groundwork for the tension with um, Sam and um, with with Sam and Dean, and for Bobby being in this weird familiar familial situation. Right. That's, it was really a groundwork episode. It doesn't make it not enjoyable and doesn't mean things weren't happening. It was just a groundwork one, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think also for, I mean, the first episode of the season, I mean, they put in, we've got Cass, we've got Lucifer, we have Meg, we have Becky. Yeah. There are, and we have Bobby. So, I mean, there, and then Zach, and then Angel Bitches, and then Demon Bitches. And, you know, so there are a lot of moving That's pieces true. that came through this episode, yeah. really, which is, pretty interesting so i think that shows like i don't know, I, you know no lies this is one of, i think this is up there is one of my favorite seasons of supernatural so we're gonna have a lot of fun uh this season coming up we're gonna yeah. have lots of opportunity for good things it's gonna be a good time so uh start grooving to your gregorian chants and get a, i don't know i can't i don't know where to go with this uh cheers jerk <laughs> cheers bitch devil's trap podcast is a don't get a production. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us at Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.